Chapter 9 Six Years Before the Thranphorexian War A week after the riots, the city that had been shattered now gathered. Citizens climbed to the 8th Terrace and overran Council Boulevard. They filled the stairs on every side of the Council Hall and swarmed the rooftop, the dome, and the half-completed temple. Everyone knew who had stopped the riots. Everyone wanted to be as close as possible to the city's savior. This was his day of ascension. Today, the council seat vacated by the Aelin Glaison would be filled by the city's new genius, the healer, Yamoth. The parade of elders strode down Council Boulevard. Polite applause ushered them forward. Then Yamoth appeared. This man was greeted with invocations, supplications, adorations. He was greeted as a god. The ravaged core of the Houseite Guard could barely hold the people back. Guards made offense of their level pole arms and shoved against the pressuring multitude. The mob disdained those weapons, the useless things that had been unable to stop the rioting untouchables. What kept the crowd back was not pole arms, but swords. The five blades that hung from Yalmoth's belt as he strode up the street, those weapons in the hand of Yalmoth and his brave healer soldiers had saved the city. Swords and Yalmoth's new type of healing. Rebecca waited within the council hall. She had been marching among the other leaders and had taken her seat within. Though outwardly composed, inwardly she was besieged. Every base impulse, every lower desire, welled up in her at the simple sight of him. Her heart beat with impenetrable want. Her lungs struggled to taste the breath of him. Her arms ached to enfold him, her fingers to twine through his hair. Where could this rebel ache come from? Why had it risen when there was a treatment for her husband's illness? Rebecca told herself it was all merely overwrought gratitude for that saving cure, but she knew these wants were less pure. The cure. While Glaceon wasted away, Rebecca could not have abandoned him. If he became whole again, but what was all this absurdity? No, Rebecca would never leave her husband, ill or well. She had made a vow, and a vow that was not to be broken, even for the right reasons. This, this carnal liberation could not be right. Yamoth entered the council hall. He progressed among standing and cheering elders. Rebecca stood, weak-kneed. Yamoth seemed to emit an enervating aura. He strode with stately decorum down the aisle and rose up the steps of the main podium. The swords at his belt clacked against polished wood and left little scars. His ceremonial robes draped across each step. Around his neck, he wore a power stone stole that would send his voice over the whole throng. He spoke. His voice rolled out, silencing the throng. One week ago, our city was inundated. It was flooded by its past. The folk who overran our streets and burned our homes and killed our brothers and daughters. These were not creatures from some far-off world. They were Thran. They were who we all were a thousand years ago. We, like they, lived in brutal darkness. We were ravaged by hunger and want, by moral terror and disease, by violence and warfare. In a thousand years, we have slowly won free of these things. We have ascended. What of the house I guard? That a trumpet appendage that was once the proud arm of Halcyon? What of the fighting force that wrested this land from the dwarves and elves and galas that infested it? Centuries of peace in our city have softened them so they could not even stand against the sickly and starved rabble beneath our feet. Were the matter left to them, the damned would have damned us all. But one weapon was saved. Yamoth paused and reached into his cloak. The elders leaned just perceptibly forward, straining to glimpse the now famous sword Yamoth had wielded in battle. But he did not hold up a blade. Instead, he lifted a vial of liquid. Hope. This is our greatest weapon against the terrors of the past. Hope is what brought us out of darkness and hunger, violence and war. Hope now brings us out of disease. 
This vial holds the serum that reserves the Power Stone Thysis. It will give Glaceon and any other citizen infected. It will save our Thran Temple and our glorious city. It will even save the dam. Give them the hope that they will keep from crawling up through the ratways and slaying us. A great ovation answered these words, and cheers of Yogmoth, Yogmoth punctuated the applause. And this vial, Yogmoth pointed to his own skull. This vial contains the hope of a final cure. I will find it. I will find a cure not only to Power Stone Thysis, but to every ailment that plagues us. I will find a cure not only for illness, but also for weakness, for madness, for old age, for depravity, for every failing of mortal flesh. All of these diseases and dysfunctions are mere remnants of the darkness where we once dealt. The medicine I bring you will not heal only your bodies, minds, and souls, but even your mortality. I promise you no less than that. His voice echoed away in shocked silence. No one ever heard such promises, yet the light that gleamed down through the vial made it seem a miniature Thran temple. Every hope of the people, every dream, was a manifest in that vial and the man who held it aloft. He could cure the incurable. He could single-handedly end a riot, a war. It seemed he could do anything he strove to do. The people cheered. The sound of it swelled out to fill the hall, definitely to fill the streets, the city, and even the desert all around. Only Yawmoth himself could hear. Only Yawmoth himself could quiet them. He reached out a hand, preparing to speak again. In the meantime, I will, by vile and sword, assure the safety of our city, our empire, as well as overseeing the creation of hope. I shall aid in bolstering a fear, fear that will keep the Thydex below, fear the Thran army and Imperial Guard. They too shall return. I have been assigned by the Council to serve as committee to restructure the Guard and army. I will remove those generals who never fought in true battle, elevate those young soldiers who have and train all troops in the modern arts of war. Put simply, I will return our fighting forces to the previous splendor. If hope is not enough to keep the dam below, fear will keep them there. The ovation shook the foundations of the ancient hall. Now, good folk of Halcyon, I have made my promises to you, and I want each of you to hold me to them. As the newest member of the council, I will marshal forces between political and medical to realize our destiny. Just now, I must go. I have made another promise to another people in dire need of hope. I have promised to bring the caves of the dam enough hope for every last one infected. I go now to do so. I descend among them that they will not ascend among you. The roar that followed was volcanic. Yamoth had awakened forces like those that had first thrust Halcyon heavenward. The scene was a little different in the caves of the damned. Everyone knew Yamoth was coming. After decades and centuries beneath the earth, the untouchables had learned to reckon time in the pulses of their blood and the tides of underground seas. Every last occupant of the caves knew a week had passed and their salvation was due. Even those who lay in tangled racks, unable to move for the thysis that threatened to drag them under, even they knew, they most of all. When a star shone in the heights of the main shaft, a cry of hope went up from the hundred souls packed in the gateway. The sound rolled through the slanting passage beyond and into the side caverns as it descended. At the base of the decline, the susurration slipped into the quarantine cave. Until that moment, it had been words. He is coming! He is coming! Words failed. In that quarantine cave, the news became a wail, part laugh and part shriek. If Yawmoth came at all, he would bring the cure. Soon in the main entry, the star swelled. It ringed the shaft in the golden crown. 
descending from unimaginable heights to a people dwelling in the deep darkness. Children climbed the walls, eager to see fabled Yalmoth. Health was said to flow from his very hands. Some riders claimed to have touched his garment and been healed. Others told of his eight-foot longsword and his eyes that flashed lightning, and the way he would slay as soon as heal any who opposed him. He had an army, it was said, privately trained and equipped, hundreds of warriors fanatically loyal, who made the Halcyte guards seem washerwomen. Why not? Most of the citizens had cowered and fled before the riders. Galmoth had not. He was like any other. How unlike was a matter that grew in words and minds with every telling. Gix did his best to calm the people. He insisted Yalmoth was only a man and a heartless man at that. Why would a heartless man bring a cure to the caves, they asked. Why would a heartless man willingly touch an untouchable? He was near now. The corona grew in literal leaps and bounds as the man at its center repelled down the shaft. He seemed a giant. Tall. Garbed in voluminous robes. Bearing an immense backpack. He brought it! He brought it! Make way! Give him room! Gick shouted, pushing folk back. The rope whined. With a final few bounds, Yalmoth landed in their midst. He heaved a sigh. Untouchables drew in their breath with a collective gasp. They studied this man. Tall. Yes, but not ten feet tall. Powerful, but taxed beneath the heavy pack he carried. Commanding, but not tyrannical. None of that mattered. Only the contents of that pack. Gix approached Yalmoth and stared up into his eyes. So you came. The silence around was deafening. Folk strained to hear what the man would say. I came, huffed Yalmoth. We'll be putting in a lift in that shaft soon enough. Using the rope, I could bring the serum for only a thousand of you. A thousand? Gix growled. That's less than half. We concentrated the formula as it was, and twice I nearly fell bringing it down. There isn't enough, Gix declared. His voice filled the passage with desperate echoes. I will return with more. As soon as this batch is administered, Yalmoth assured, there will be enough. Everyone will be treated today. That too swept down the passage, a sigh instead of a hiss. To return yet today, I must get right to work. Take me to the quarantine cavern. Gix nodded. Others intimidated the motion, turning acknowledgement into obsience. Follow me, Gix said, grinding his teeth. Despite the hot press of people, the way opened before Gix and Yalmoth they strode down a narrow aisle of watchful souls. Most were content merely to gaze on him. Others reached out tentatively to touch him. Every once in a while, someone clung on. As they went, Yalmoth spoke to Gix and all the folk around. I know why you attacked the city. Yes, Gix replied levelly. We attacked for vengeance. We attacked because the city has poisoned us and we want revenge. Yalmoth smiled paternally. It's more than that, isn't it? You attacked Glaceon before you knew the mana rig poisoned you. That wasn't revenge. What was it to you? What was it you said to Glaceon when you stabbed him? I said, Welcome to the company of the damned. Yes, Yama said. It is not that you hate the Halcytes for their wealth and beauty, for the sunlight and glory of their city. You hate them because they have cut you away. They treat you like a gangrenous limb, sawing you from the healthy body and casting you down. There was nothing to say to that. Yalmoth was right. Once these caves were part of Halcyon, once they were a prison colony, the people here did not remain forever. They fell for a time from the skies and spent a while laboring in the darkness, only to rise again. That is why you attacked the manor rig in the city. To rise again. Yes, Gix muttered, mesmerized. All around, untouchables not in agreement. 
Yes, that's right. Well, I have come not only to heal you, Yamat said. I have come to bring you up, one by one, into the light of day. I have come to bridge our two worlds. This place should not be a hell. It should be no less than a moral infirmary, meant to heal those who enter it and bring them out changed. The words hypnotized the untouchables. Only Gix kept his head. Memories of this man's merciless knife were too vivid. You think you could come here and offer us life and hope and heaven? You think you're a god? Gix said in sudden realization. Those around him winced, as though stabbed by the accusation. Gix saw in their eyes as they began to awaken. I think we are all gods. I think every last one of us has a divine spark. A spark that should not be denied the light of the sun. Those waking multitudes fell again into blissful sleep. They arrived at the quarantine cave. Yalmoth strode imperiously in, gazed around, and spotted a narrow and empty alcove. There. I will work there. Without pause, he marched into the niche and shrugged off his pack. He set his power stone lamp on a ledge and began unpacking the bladders, needles, and containers of serum. Gix lingered at the entry to the alcove. You've found a treatment. You come down here to provide it to us. Yes, we are grateful. We owe you thanks. But not homage. Not adoration. I know what you're trying to do. I know you're trying to steal the hearts of these people. Yomoth did not even look up from the parcels he unpacked. What gods of theirs have offered them so much? If I can heal them, bring them up into the city, if I grant them life in heaven, they better damn well think me a god. Nostrils flaring, Gix said, You are the greatest devil in a city of devils. Yomoth looked up and pinned Gix with his gaze. When a devil is the only one who will deal with you, you must make a devil's deal. And you, Gix, you will make the greatest devil's deal of all. You will keep your mouth shut about me. You will say nothing but good about me. You will serve me faithfully, or you will receive no serum. I'd rather die speaking the truth than live a lie. We both know that is untrue, but there is no time for testing you again. If you do not serve me faithfully, I will deny serum to you and your people. We will rebel again. They will not follow you. You have no cure. Only anger. You can't do this. A voice came from behind Gix. The raspy voice of a young boy. May I have the cure now? May I, Master Gix? Gix turned to see a child whose face was half eaten away by lesions. A long, solemn line of others stretched away behind the child in the distant cavern. May he, Master Gix? Yalmoth asked. Head drooping, Gix said, Yes, child. Come in here. This is Yalmoth. He is the man with the cure. Tell him how thankful you are that he has come. 